Okay. Can you give us like a like a hello and welcome to May We Geek Again, but like in your best Texas accent? Oh, I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> no, I can do it. I can maybe attempt howdy y'all. I told you that the me and Jenny like peas and carrots. It's the only thing I can do in an American accent. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Do it, Danny. This is awesome. This is like our cold open. Do it. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Which one, cold the Texas or the, or the Alabama? Both. Both. I don't know the difference. (laughs) All right. Okay. Texas is, um, howdy (laughs) y'all. That's it. That's all I can do. And, um, uh, Alabama is me and Jenny with like peas and carrots. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. What is that from? (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, right. (laughs) So, hey everyone, welcome to May We Geek Again. Um, I am Shaheen, your host this week. Um, Jen is, we finally kicked out Jen. So, good news (laughs) for everyone. You know what that means? We're never going to have to talk about dicks ever again. Um, Meanwhile, we invited the two thirstiest, (laughs) dick-obsessed listeners on the pod humanly possible, Uh, which is an excellent segue into our guests. All right. So we have, uh, I'm your host, Shaheen, like I said, and I'm joined by my co-host, Joe, and two lovely guests, Danny and Bubble Loves from Reddit. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. Um, Danny will be giving us uh, authentic, um, both smarty pants and supervillain uh, feels um, because she has, you know, a cool English accent. Um, and so our podcast will sound smarter today, um, but also more evil. Smarter. And it's okay, and balance it out evil, with the yeah. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> She's just raising your average bubs. <laughs> so um, find anyway. us on social media. We're on Podbean. We're on iTunes at May We Geek Again. We have a Twitter, May We Geek Again. And uh, you can email us at, G- at maywegeekagain at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Tumblr. You're noticing a theme. We're on don't, Tumblr. Don't go on Tumblr. Um, we have <laughs> Facebook, May We Geek Again. So come find us. And um, if you have some time to burn, I have a blog called Free Free Floating Perspective. Oh my god, I can't say my own blog's name. <laughs> you're, you're bad, Jen. <laughs> Free Floating Perspective. WordPress. Um, and Jen has a blog. Don't read it declare shenanigans don't read it <laughs> don't read it but if you whatever. do like if you're just curious it's declare shenanigans uh, dot com yeah. we um, kicked her off so we did kick her off so it doesn't, doesn't even matter, matter now yeah um she's a ghost haunting us who happened to also give us the passwords we need to re- record this podcast yeah um what's everyone drinking um i have a rebel grapefruit ipa from sam adams Ooh. Did you get it at the bodega? That bodega? No, I bought it at Gracefully, so I paid um, 45% more than I would have at the bodega. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Shaheen, what has what do you got going on? I'm going to go last. What are you drinking? Me? Yeah. Um, I've got 
I was like, well, I have some dark beer and I have some kava. Is does a champagne exist? Does a does a cocktail exist that that mixes those? And it's called a black velvet, though it's supposed to be champagne and Guinness. And this is a coffee porter and kava. So, mm, it's it's boozy. <laughs> what are you celebrating, Joe? Uh, what am I not celebrating? Um, you know, it's, it's Sunday and I'm still in my gym jam. So it's a good, <laughs> it's a good day. But you, Danny? Um, yeah, I am. Well, I've just about finishing up a nice bottle of Malbec. Um, mm. So I'm quite drunk. I've had the whole <laughs> bottle. <laughs> been drinking most of the afternoon, to be fair. So <laughs> it's evening for me. I'm allowed to be drunk. It's eight o'clock in the evening. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you sound super sober to me. I don't know if I believe that. (laughs) Yeah. Are you going to open up another bottle? Because... Yeah, I've got a a bottle of white Zinfandel sitting beside me, ready to be opened when I finish it. That feels like it's in, like, Shaheen's white wine honor. Well, no, but white Zinfandel is rosé. So, um, sorry, no. (laughs) I don't drink white wine. (laughs) And what about you, Shaheen? I've got some natural sweet red wine over oh. here uh, from South Africa, Robertson Winery. And I really like the bottle. It's like one of those bottles that looks like a pear. Um, mm. Like shape-wise? Yeah. Huh. Is that why you picked it? Uh, partly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of experimenting with sweet wine because I know everyone hates sweet wine. Oh, like, it's like just like the wine. worst hangover. Everyone's just like snobby like about re- sweet wine. They're like, oh man, you're so vulgar. You eat, you drink sweet wine. And so <laughs> I'm just I like, love a good Riesling. <laughs> who do you hang out with that calls you vulgar? Uh, my ex-wife. No, well, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> that was like, that was kind of a good joke. <laughs> Also have some uh, some nuts here. Um, Persian New Year is coming up, so happy Persian New Year, everyone! Ooh, say something in Farsi. Yeah. Uh, Mubarak. What does that, that mean? That means Happy New Year. Uh, Hi. So, uh, yeah, which is like the Persian New Year is the only legit New Year. You know that, right? Like it's the only real New Year. Oh, I, I was not, but, but Bubs and Danny, I should warn you, you are now on a watch list. <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, little Farsi, you're on a watch list now. Just I mean, every other New Year is just kind of like some bullshit date that people randomly picked out. But okay. the Persian New Year is literally the beginning of a new year. It's the beginning of spring. So mm. it's like astronomically adjusted to the exact moment when... The new year begins. The the revolution, whatever. All right. Interesting. Now you're talking about now you're talking about revolutions in fucking Farsi, and it's not like the fucking this FBI. Is, yeah, no, this is yeah. Someone kicks Shahin's door down. I am gonna say, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they probably uh, listen right. anyway. All right. So we're talking about episode six of season four. We will rise. Written by Charmaine de Grate. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and uh, yeah, so what did you guys think? What are your overall impressions? Joe? 
Oh, wait, why do I have to go first? I thought we'd have the guests go first. Um, again, uh, I, I feel like we're continuing with like a pretty strong season. I think that I have fewer maybe nitpicks than than a lot of other people, um, probably because, you know, some people still have their favorite characters alive. Um, some of us don't. So there's a lot oh. less to like nitpick. Um, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um so, you know, like, uh, I definitely have some issues, but I feel like as far as an episode, I think that it was probably one of the more satisfying episodes of the season so far. We got a lot of really nice character work. I feel like it was just a ships episode. Like, it was just ships and ships and ships, like, ships you wanted to have sex with, ships you wanted to be <laughs> friends, like, just everybody having, like, great, wonderful chemistry with ships everyone else. In cargo. It was like a, a Mexican yeah. restaurant, ships everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> free salsa um so yeah yeah that's that's what I thought what about what about you Danny um yeah well yeah I really like this episode um to be honest I've had some issues with the season um the last few episodes I could feel myself getting more and more frustrated and I mean you you guys know I was just really really getting quite salty salty about yeah salty about everything (laughs) but then I made apologetic (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't like, I don't, I love this show and I don't like having issues with it. Um, and then I made a decision at the end of um, the week to just kind of just let it go because this se- uh, this season is a lot more like season two in terms of the way they're telling the story. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, season two wasn't my favourite. I-, I love season three. I like the kind of self-contained episodes and the big episodes, even though, you, you know, it was a, it was a up and down season. But for me, season two is my least favourite. Um, so, yeah, I just decided, having said that, season two was probably a lot of people's favourite season. Um, so what I want is not necessarily what's best for the show. Um, and, yeah, and I think I just enjoyed the episode a lot more because I wasn't coming into it with um, season three type expectations. So, yeah, I really liked it. Bubs? Mm-hmm. What about you, Bubs? I, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I I liked the action sequences. I thought that those were exciting. Um, I wasn't super into what was happening at Arcadia all the time, but um, for the most part, I would say this was like one of my favorites of the season so far. Yeah. Cool. What you um, Honestly, can I just say, so mm-hmm. far, I like season three better. Really? <laughs> Yeah. You and Danny. Yep. <laughs> Even though there's no City of Light? Oh, well, no, I guess that's the reason you like season three better. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, maybe it's because there isn't as much philosophy. Mm. No, I've been feeling that. There's there's just yeah. much it's more straightforward. Yeah, it's more straightforward. Um, well, how do you rate the seasons in terms of like your favorites? I would say two and three are tied, um, and then and then one, and we'll see how four turns out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm uh, kind of the jury's still out on four. Hmm. Because I I, I don't mean, we're like I don't judge on artwork until it's done. <laughs> did you watch two live or did you binge it? I binged it. I binged one and two. I always wonder if people who binge two are the ones that find it their favorite season. 
And like for us that watched it live or tried to watch it live, because I kind of I almost gave up halfway through season two. And I feel like it it is a lot of what Danny's saying with season four in that um, we're watching pieces of a greater whole. Um, it's not episodic in any way. So mm. it's it's hard to find each episode um, fulfilling when you watch it because mm. you're you're seeing the things set up. Um, as part of a greater story and not so much like installments the way that season one was or season three was. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, like, I, I always felt I like that, that was one of the strengths of this show that every episode was kind of its own self-contained story and at the same time contributed to the overall arc of the season. And I mm-hmm. agree with you that season four hasn't been that way as much as um, the other seasons, but... Um, yeah, I felt like season two had that quality. So I don't think it did, though. I, <laughs> I, I remember In watching which it. Respectfully disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember watching it and being like, um, I, I just, I, I don't think I watched it all the way through. I had to like go back and like catch up like a few times. Um, and I felt like it was because it wasn't, it wasn't as fulfilling as season one was. I think season one had contained episodes. Um, like season three, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of think that people wouldn't. I don't know. This is a bit controversial. I'm not sure people would love season two so much if it wasn't for the finale, because the way that the season it was set a good up, fucking it, finale, yeah, it's it so all good. built up to that finale, and it was an excellent payoff. But yeah, watching live because I watched live as well, it, episode by episode on a week by week basis, it was quite difficult there was a lot of storylines that just um i don't know they're just kind of threads of storylines running through the whole thing that um whereas you know season three and season one yeah we got those self-contained kind of thematic thematic episodes which you know it's not to everyone's taste is it so um but but I, I think that if we look at like the way that season four is going, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely most closely resembling season two, where we're kind of working mm-hmm. toward like, we didn't really know. I mean, we knew because of like spoilers and bullshit, like, where <laughs> season where season three was gonna go. Like, it we, kind knew of became, we, we knew too much. We knew too much. much. <laughs> like in this, though, like, we kind of know where something is building, at least like, we think that we know it's gonna be like, th- you know the world is ending like actually and so um you know we know that there's this big something that's going to happen at the end um but I also kind of in some ways feel like maybe we didn't know that was going to happen as season two progressed like or we thought we kind of knew but then we didn't really know where it was gonna like I feel like they're probably in the same way that um there were all of these little threads in season two that we finally saw come together in season at the, in the finale of like Lexa betraying Clark, they have to like kill all the mountain men, like all these little threads all together, like sort of coalesced in a way that we didn't necessarily expect. And I wonder if we're going to get that with season because we're all like, Oh, they're going to go in a rocket ship. And Oh, there's night blood. (laughs) Oh, there's this other stuff. And like every single time something happens, it keeps failing. And so I'm like, okay, so there are threads that we're probably ignoring, um, that are going to be important later, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's so hard to tell what thread to follow because there are so many. And I think that's one of the things that I do really appreciate about this season, which I was lacking last season, is I think last season we kind of figured it out. We knew where mm-hmm. it was going. We, you know... We're like, well, um, Clark's going to take the flame. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that has to happen. Um, but for this season, like, I, <laughs> I literally, like... 
I am. I don't know if this is pathetic, but at nighttime when I cannot sleep, I think about where the show is going. <laughs> so I'll lay there in bed and be like, what can happen next? And I, I honestly, like, I have a really hard time trying to guess it. And, like, I know that there's spoilers out there and that kind of, like, shapes a lot of, like, what you think about. But um, it's it's still, like, it's not coming together in my head. And I really appreciate how much they've gone out of their way to make it an interesting story that's hard to predict. Mm. I think Jaha's going to save everybody, to be honest. <laughs> no, I humored you last year when you talked about Jaha. I was like, yeah, okay, Danny. I mean, I, I don't hate Jaha. Yeah, he could be interesting. And this year, you were so right about all of your Jaha beats. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Like, Nostradani, bow down. <laughs> um, should, we, should we get into, like, storyline stuff? I'm sorry, I don't mean to step on your toes, Master Wrangler Shaheen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's fine. Yeah. So no, we, um, as usual, we'll go through this, uh, storyline by storyline. So let's start with Arcadia. Um, Joe, you want to pick one of your points from Arcadia? (laughs) Um, I'm so, so like, I I guess, I guess it's like, I guess let's start with that first one. Cause I have something to say about that. Okay. So, so, okay, (laughs) fine then. Um, so I was going to start with Nylark, but let's start with Kane, um, which is, He's totally the guy who, like, would argue for either libertarianism or communism, some sort of, like, form of government that relies on the entire population being smart and not douchebags. But he forgets that people are assholes. And, like, (laughs) no one is as good in their heart as he is. I mean, with, you know, Monty is the, you know, as an exception. You know, there are definitely some exceptions of this. But, you know, like, there's an angry mob. And he's like, whoa, guys, rule of law. And they're like, no, fuck you. We're going to kill this guy because he's going to make it feel better. And, like, Kane, like, can't understand why people are shitty. And I think that he never understands why people are shitty. And it's just this, like, I just want to bang my head on a desk. But yeah. anyway, what, what well, did that relate show's, to you? I mean, this entire show is founded on the assumption uh, that uh, man is a wolf to man, uh, which is, you know, typically the assumption behind most post-apocalyptic shows, um, right? That when society breaks down, when there is no law anymore, that people will just be at each other's throats and they'll just be taking advantage of each other, killing each other, whatever, taking each other's stuff. Um, so that was that's the idea behind um, um, what's called social contract theory, which says that without a social contract, we'll just all be competing for resources and we'll just all be um, wolves to each other. Um And the people that you're mentioning, like, you know, anarchists, libertarians, communists, they tend to think that that's not true. That, um, in fact, what drives us towards violence is the um, centralized sort of um, government authority. What drives us towards violence is mandated structures and institutions. If we were, in fact, free to... to, um, associate and negotiate with each other, we would typically find uh, peaceful solutions. Now, I think that's not true. I think, I personally think that man is wolf to man. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like, Kane is that that kind of person. Kane is kind of like that that stereotype of like the 
uh, like the peace-loving liberal who's like a complete <laughs> wuss is like, yeah, let's just be peaceful. And they're like, no, man, fuck you. And then it's, everything's going to go. To, and it's like, no, nah, you can't like I you're, you're, your ideal is admirable, but you're just going to get owned if yeah. you become if you're in power. So like that's not going to work. He, so, and, like, he's been shown over and over and over again that people are terrible. Like, his yeah. own people are terrible. <laughs> grounders are terrible. Abby's about to be fucking terrible in the next episode. Like, everyone is just <laughs> terrible. And he's like, well, hold on. Let's just give him another chance. I think, yeah. like, he needs to get over the culling and, like, stopping a wuss because he feels he has to, like, make up for something. <laughs> right? Like, the world is ending. And, I mean, whether or not – I mean, w- but what should he have done with Alien? I mean, well, I don't so know. here's my question. So, what is Kane trying to do? I understand if he had said, "Look, you can't just uh, break into the prison and murder this guy. Uh, we have a law, and the law says this is what has to be done with this person." But that's not what he's saying. It seems like there is no rule of law in Arcadia at all anymore. Uh, I don't understand. Like the the Exodus Charter isn't in place anymore. It seems. Um, the uh, the Ark's rules aren't in place anymore. Then there's nothing. I I don't even know how the fuck Kane became chancellor. Like, yeah, I, that's I, never I have to ask this question every fucking time. Like, <laughs> how did this guy become chancellor? Was well, it just maybe by they decree? had an election, but it was like really but off, it was off camera this time. again. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but he wasn't even in Arcadia when it happened. Like, he was like the least popular Polis. candidate last time. Well, so. so 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 here's a question. Like, so so he wants to, he doesn't want there to be mob rule, and he wants to what give Ilian a fair trial. Like, a he's never going to find like a jury that you know doesn't just automatically want to kill him. You know, obviously. And then B, when is there fucking time to hold a goddamn trial? Like. The world is ending. Either right. you sneak Ilian out like he did anyway, um, but he should have done that like in the dead of night, or you agree to kill him because that's, that's where it's going to go. Clark, <laughs> Clark would have snuck him out. Clark would have been like, guys, we're going to execute him tomorrow. And then she'd been like, fucking wrong. Oh, that's that's where the door's unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> he escaped, guys. <laughs> Oops. So weird. Yeah. So here's my question. Like, if he were if he were saying that, you know, we have a law and we should follow that, then I would understand that. But it seems like that's not what he's saying. Without without a law, um, it just seems like he's trying to Be mandate moral. morality yeah. to people. Like he's he like his he hasn't he has no authority over people's morality. He's just the chancellor, so his job is to execute the law. And he's not doing that. So what is he trying to do? Is he just saying like, yeah, this isn't uh, like this isn't good for us. And it's not like this is some sort of point of no return for them. I mean, they've already done all kinds of shit. So, mm-hmm. um, like he says, his, he says two things. He says he doesn't want mob rule, which again, like I said, that's only in contrast to rule of law. But there is no rule of law in Arcadia. And the other thing he says is. Uh, he wants to prevent his people from descending into darkness, uh, which is just sounds like he's just saying, yeah, I'm a chancellor. I'm going to tell you what the, the moral thing to do is or what the just thing to do is. Um, so, yeah, I'm just confused. With, like, what authority does he have over this? Or what is he trying to achieve with this? I mean, I think it's really muddled. I agree. 
Yeah, I think from my perspective, it see, to me it seems like the show's moving... Um, or it's always operated in the past on um, kind of Old Testament style ju- justice. So an eye for an eye um, and, and kind of almost like the rule of law, that there must be some sort of retribution or punishment for what you've done. Um, but I think Cain is operating more on the sort of New Testament style justice where um it's about grace and forgiveness. And that's not to make a religious point, but just that there's different ways of viewing justice systems. And I think Kane is kind of, and I'm surprised I'm sticking up for Kane here because usually I think he's kind of useless. But <laughs> as much as I love him, he can't, he never really achieves very much. But um, he's, um, you know, yeah, he's operating on the idea that um, there doesn't, you know, for each crime, there doesn't have to be some sort of um, proportionate retribution, um, that we can practice grace and forgiveness. Um, and that seems to be me, um, what he's trying to push. Does that make sense? I, you know, in, he's not really articulated it, but, um, Mm -hmm. it feels like that's his morality that we should, um, try to forgive and move on and do what's best. Um, right. I think he definitely doesn't believe in, uh, retributive justice. Mm. Um, I mean, but uh, Octavia brought up an interesting point, which was, you know, it doesn't matter what your intent was when you committed this crime. You know, he was like, I wasn't trying to hurt anyone. And I didn't know that the world was ending. And she's like, and like that, <laughs> the intent doesn't matter. What is it? A, a sword, you know, cuts no matter what. Um, oh, and yeah, that so, ter- terrible line. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, there were... There were as much good character work as there was in this episode, there were some fucking clunkers yeah. um, in the in the dialogue. We'll we'll get to that when we get to. But like, you know, speaking of Octavia, she killed Pike, but uh-huh. is not facing any of any. I don't know if you guys can hear my dog coughing. Sorry, um, <laughs> she's not facing any of the backlash for that, which. I, I don't know. I don't think that people in Arcadia were against what Pike was doing. Is not the impression that we got. Um, but not everyone knows that she killed him. Like, there weren't that many. Uh, like, only the core group was in the room. That's true. Like, if anyone, maybe point. Brian would say something, but he's gone now off to wherever Wick is hanging out. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I'm saying is, like, there is no law anymore, it seems. So why is, like, why is Kane ordinarily, protecting this kid? She would have she been, you know... She would have faced some kind of consequence, right? On the Ark, she would have been floated. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, on Earth, I don't know what, but she would have, you know, maybe been jailed or shot clashed or something. Like, there has yeah. to be something. But it just seems like now they're just making personal decisions. Mm-hmm. Whoever yeah. is in charge just decides what's the right thing to do. Right. And, and then Papa like... Miller basically, like, fucking treasonous <laughs> sedition over here. Yeah. And... Like, is, is he going to face any consequence? I don't know. It's just... I... But like it's almost like Paul Miller. Every man to their own. Yeah, everyone. It all. It feels like everyone thinks that they're doing what they think is right. Shocking. Like, yeah. Shocking yeah. on this show. <laughs> I know, right? But it's like Papa Miller. Like he's like our Papa Miller. Like, I don't know. 
Um, I mean, but I think that's kind what, of the point. Yeah, isn't it? what consequences yeah. can there be anymore? Like the world is ending. Like exactly. how many? What, yeah, it's what starting sort of, to break down. <laughs> you can sort the of situation see that. is always dictated what the consequences are on the arc because there are so few resources. We have kids in jail and people being floated for like sneezing in a quiet room. Yeah. So yeah. on the ground, that's when that like push and shove came for Al- A- Abby getting. Um, shock lash was because we don't have to do this anymore. We don't have to have this harsh punishment because now we're on the ground. We have all these resources. We're not going to die. But now everyone's going to die. So what does that mean for consequences? I I feel like exile is probably the sort of like the the most reasonable option. Yeah. Like you just, sorry, you don't get to, you don't even get a chance to like have a seat on our lifeboat. If you find your own lifeboat, bless. But you know, like you don't get to like... Yeah, that's, as, well, that's pretty much as that, good as floating them. Yeah. yeah. Jaha yeah. had that great line, didn't he, when he let um, Ilian go and Kane said, what are you doing? He said, I'm saving our people, same as you. And I had some thoughts about that line because it didn't really make sense. I was thinking, well, does he mean Ilian is our people too? Or does he mean that he's saving them from this kind of bloodlust? Um, because it's clear that you know, as... law and order is breaking down. So um, to me... That was Jaha thinking, you know, I'm saving our people from having something that's going to destroy them. Their their focus and their anger on Ilian is destroying them. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting because, yeah, kind of he did sort of sol- solve it and have the most sensible solution. God damn it, um, Jaha. Yeah, I think <laughs> how I read it as it's him saying, I'm saving our people morally. Right, yeah. which is what Cain. Yeah. It seemed like Cain was trying to do, right? Like mm. he was trying to save them from um, passing this line of uh, uh, like this moral line, right? Well, Not literally yeah. save their lives, but save them. Yeah, well, it's a difference, which is kind of crazy because they're already done. Like I said, they're already done. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's weird that Jaha would do like if you're if you're looking at it as Jaha like saving people, you know, morally. He tried to save them last year, except he was going to put them in a place that was completely amoral. Um, you know, not not immoral, but like without like once you entered into the AI, like uh, Ali didn't think of things in terms of right and wrong as, as it relates to like being good or being evil. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that there was any good or evil in the City of Light. It, it, it was just this sort of like nothing um in turn you know just sort of like a bland happiness um mm-hmm. and so you know for jaha to be like suddenly a moral um well, influence? I, think, I mean he entered the city of like first so you know potentially you have to say all of his actions from them were you know ultimately being dictated by ali yeah um so yeah you know, i like- still i still think the whole thing was incoherent <laughs> yeah, it, w- it wasn't clear at all to what extent Ali was dictating things. Still upset extent. about it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm never gonna get over that. <laughs> um. So, so Bubs, what what's a thing that you would like to talk about in Arcadia? Ooh, I mean, w- would it be cliche of me to say the Blake scene? <laughs> because <laughs> I have. I mean, so many it would feels. be. <laughs> I just feel like it's one I can talk about because, like, I just, like, sat there, like, sobbing to myself. Um, but I, I was a little bit 
I mean, I guess I get it, but you go from a scene um, at the end of the last episode where Octavia is like clinging to her brother. And I get that it was just like the mo- being in the moment of like, I almost died, like everything's on fire, we're all going to die. Um, and I'm sure sitting in a hospital bed, having nothing to do because she's recovering, lets her stew and think about things and get all mad all over again. But like, that was way harsh, Ty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was really hard to watch, and I'm I'm just like waiting and waiting for the scene where things start to turn around. Because obviously we have to get to that point. Um, Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> just Why? crush my we'll heart. We'll just leave it at that. They just hate each other. That's they the, just hate each other. That's, that's it. The arc. He's going back to Arcadia to get more hate talk from Octavia. <laughs> I was actually surprised by that because I was under the impression that Octavia had kind of cooled down or kind of got on, gotten over that sort of. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I didn't yeah, think it was Octavia's completely a teenage done. girl. Yes, like every time fair. she remembers it, she hates it all over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every but time like, I look it at Octavia. sounded like she was like, yeah, you remember, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. But that's that wasn't the case. It seemed like she was fine with Bellamy I mean she was still maybe upset but she was not she wasn't like get out of here yeah she's last time Bellamy came to I don't know so she's cooperative in the first season or in the first season in the first episode of this season um she was working with everybody including Bellamy um and she was even she showed um there was moments where it showed she was worried about Bellamy like when they were trying to operate on Roan and resuscitate him and Bellamy had this like face off with Echo you see her being like no we have to get out of here like you know she has him at like knife point um so you do see the worry she still cares about her brother she doesn't um, want him dead because that's why he's still alive because yeah. she slit his fucking throat <laughs> oh, and she made it abundantly fucking all. clear <laughs> Is that yeah it's just sad because he cares about her so much. Like, he just spent a whole episode thinking she was dead. Or two episodes. Well, an episode and a half. Um, and it's like, he, I don't know. It's, it was just really sad. It, it crushed me a little bit. Um, I don't know, Danny, do you have feels about it? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, I think for me with Octavia, she's, um, you know, the moments when she's reached out for Bellamy have been when it's been really serious, um, like back in season three when Emerson had them in the locker and there was that really nice oh God, moment yes. where she called out for him. Um, and like in, Wasn't there in an episode, I love you? It was, she just said Bellamy, I think, when um, when they were all passing out. I can't really remember it. but um, Maybe he said it. Yeah. Or you're just fucking headcanoning right Shut now. Up. And no, like, she did, she right did. She called fiction. out for him. <laughs> and um, in episode one, um, you know, she was really standoffish with him. But then when Echo had her sword to his throat, she was like, right, enough of this. Let's sort something out. So there's that, you know, they're always showing that there is that love there um, that, she, you know, she's not going to remove. And she, but she's just putting put so many walls around herself um and it's really yeah it is really sad um yeah <laughs> i can't talk about it much otherwise i get all upset and emotional <laughs> so but i hope I, I really hope that there's some kind of moment coming soon i think we've all 
maybe had enough of um, Octavia and Bellamy being broken down. Yeah. Um, I mean, it yeah. might come next episode based on our mm. teasers. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Octavia, um, I thought it was interesting that um, Kane sort of got Octavia to um, change her mind about killing mm. Ilian by mm-hmm. reminding her of the way that Lincoln died. Um, so by rehashing that memory of Lincoln being put to his knees and Pike was standing right here where you're standing. Um, so she, he was trying to tell her, you're just doing what he was doing. Uh, you've become your enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's interesting that Reminding her of that memory was what got her to uh, change her mind because that event, that memory is precisely what got her here, is what um, got her to this point, right? Mm-hmm. Why um, Why did she want to be the one to kill Ilian? Like, it didn't really, I, I didn't really understand why she wanted the kill. Like, I think she just wanted the control. So she just she's just having a good time, like being the enforcer. Not necessarily that she thought that whether or not well, he needed to die, but she's like, fine, if somebody needs killing, I'll kill him. I mean, isn't that what like thrills serial killers? Is that the control of ending a life? And so for Octavia, I don't know. Is it Bubs? I don't know. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot of crime shows. What can I say? Um, but like. For the Blakes, like, both of them have lacked so much control their entire lives. You know, you go back to how they lived on the Ark, where, um, like, Bellamy didn't have control over getting a sister that kind of changed his whole childhood. Octavia had no control over being born into a situation where she had to live under the floors. And so everything stems off of this. So a lot of the decisions they make is, like, this this fight for control. And so I think that a lot of, like, Octavia's decisions of, like, being this assassin that just kind of takes, 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 um, is a way for her to exercise that control. And it, in the case of Ilian, it takes her back to where Pike was. Um, and I think I read some, someone somewhere was talking about how um, it could possibly have to do with how she didn't let Bellamy help try to save Lincoln. So from that perspective, if he could have actually helped and Lincoln could have come out alive, from that perspective, she feels... Um, culpable yes the truth she's trying to hide isn't it the truth she's running from is that and that she needs to in the end kind of accept that she feels guilty (laughs) about Lincoln's death and that's why she can't forgive her brother too because if she forgives him and says that okay it wasn't all your fault it wasn't then she has to accept that maybe he could have helped and maybe yeah I have a question yes so Octavia was born she wasn't supposed to be born. There's mm-hmm. a rando baby. I get that mom would have been floated um, if if anyone had found out. But what would have happened? Like, what is the worst thing that could have happened to Octavia? Like, they're not gonna kill. They're not gonna float a baby. I think it's the unknown of like, what if they did float a baby? What if it was like? Well, they had a rule that if you were under eighteen, you would just be locked up, which is mm. exactly right. But what like, but then at eighteen, weren't they like retried and decided whether or not they go back into society or be floated? I mean, it just seems like such a weird waste of res- waste of resources to like raise an infant mm-hmm. in fucking prison. Um, you know, like I, I would imagine that you know, let's assuming that that 
mom got floated, like Octavia would have been raised by another family or something like that. Like it just seems sort of weird. But, but there was, um, and this is like outside of the show. So I don't know how much it counts. Somebody had asked at one point on, I don't know if it was Twitter or Tumblr to the, to the writers, what happens if somebody is pregnant with twins? Okay. And the (laughs) answer was, the answer was one would be terminated. Oh what do you? God. What if you picked the wrong one? Like, what if you picked the stupid sibling? <laughs> and like, I mean, like yeah. you got the dud. And Maybe like, they could oh. do the genetic testings, like in Gattaca, and know which one. But like, <laughs> but like, what if one's just a shithead? You know, like there's no like genetic <laughs> test for like shithead. I mean, but that's the right. yeah, there's a shithead gene. <laughs> that's the chance that they have when anyone has a kid. That's how we got Riley. <laughs> he had a twin, and they got rid of the good, the good Riley. <laughs> There's an alternate universe where Riley is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> alternate timeline. Yeah. So going back to um, that seems reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> to contemporary Octavia. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that she is the person who stared into the abyss that Pike created for her. And the abyss stared back at her, right? Mm -hmm. She's the one who fought the monster and she became the monster. And um, this is something that she should have already known. um, That, yeah, she came to this conclusion that vigilante justice is the only type of justice there is. Um, Justice is vengeance. And, um, you know, it's kill or be killed. So she literally adopted Pike's slogan right um kill or be killed Mm -hmm. this isn't something that should be news to her but still when kane um repeats that to her and is like look do you realize how you've just become pike um that somehow moves her and and dissuades her from um killing ilian so that was very interesting i i think that sometimes you need to be reminded of your Uh, hypocrisy or Mm self-inconsistency by other people even if you already know it when someone points out to you do you realize you're doing the exact same thing as uh the person that you hate the most or or the the thing that you're fighting against your fight consists of doing the same actions as the things that you're fighting against um it's like she's being judged by herself. Mm-hmm. It's like she's suddenly in that scene. And, and I really love that scene of the Lincoln flashback. I know it wasn't to everybody's taste, but for me, Lincoln dying was one of the saddest scenes we've ever had on this show. And it was suddenly like Octavia was being judged by herself um, and judged by her own morality. Uh, she'd come to that place of, of realising that, you know, she she was her own worst enemy um, and her own judge and jury and I'm, I hope that that's a turning point for her and that we'll start to see her doing some serious introspection from next episode onwards where, where do we think that she and Ilian have gone like did she like I kind of like I kind of want her to like make a beeline back to Lincoln's cave and Ilian uh, happens to be there and they're like well I guess we have to bang yeah right. <laughs> she's gonna recreate the yeah Angry six. exactly well, do, do we think that Octavia lost her virginity to Lincoln I do, because who I do the fuck too. else? I mean, unless unless we're getting into that weird, gross-ass fa- fanfic of the uh, Blake sex. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we were going to talk about that just yet, but... <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm nothing if not prompt. <laughs> oh, there's so insensual fanfic? 
Oh, oh God. So, yeah. Bubs, this is on you. This is on you. Okay, this is not on me. I have never written Blake Sest. Um, but right now... You've read it, though. I've, I have read it. <laughs> so have you. <laughs> pointing fingers. Okay, maybe. <laughs> um, so there, right now, there's kink meme going on for The 100, where people have submitted props for all kinds of stuff. Filthy. 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 Including... Horrible people. Including <laughs> things like Pana plus any female character. And um, my other favorite, which was Beauty and the Beast, Cabbie, sex while he's still the beast. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to give a gauge of what was going on in that. So anyways, in Kink Meme, there are several um, Blake's S prompts and a few that have been filled. Um, yeah. The end. Let us never <laughs> speak again. Moving <laughs> <laughs> um, on. <laughs> but no, people, there are people who think that um, Adam and Octavia had sex. That scene with the butterflies, was it? Um, well, and, and I was so surprised them in the bushes. <laughs> The what? What do you remember when Bellamy find the, found them in the bushes? Oh, right. Um, yeah. Why does it Why does it matter if Octavia lost her virginity to to Lincoln? Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, I don't it, know. It, oh, we're just saying. Well, yeah, well, I mean, it would make it more of an emotional scene if she got there and Ilian's there and she's just, you know, like she replayed holding the gun to him. She also replays losing her virginity. I don't know. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um... Anyways, can we can, speaking of people doing it? Can we can we move on to the uh, yes, Nyla and can, Clark stuff? Because so. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I have things. I have things. Yeah. Um, as as the do. as the resident Klexa Stan super yes. fan of of the pod and resident gay. Um, yes. It was good. It was perfect. Like apart from <laughs> apart from some really terrible, like awkward hippie dialogue from Nyla being like, "Oh, I know oh, what God. this is," you know, whatever. Like some of that, like <laughs> some of the dialogue was pretty bad in terms of like what bad. they were trying to convey. Um, but for what it was, like it's I, it's a relationship. It's 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 a style of relationship we haven't seen on the show. We tried to get a little bit of it, um, like when. Raven had sex with Bellamy as sort of like a no strings attached thing, but it sort of fucked her up a bit more about it. That um, was more emotionally charged, and it wasn't. Yeah. A, it was like a reactive thing to think. right. But this is this was presented as like adult Happy. and comforting, and they both know where the other one stands. And it's not like one person being manipulated by the other. It's not that Clark is using Nyla um, because you know Clark needs to like compartmentalize stuff. It's Nyla is fully aware of what's happening, and they both care for each other. But it doesn't have to be this like end all be all huge amount of love. Oh my god, like. For what Clark is, I mean, I'm the kind of person where I don't know if in a month I would be, you know, banging someone else after losing, quote unquote, the love of my life. But Clark is that person. Mm -hmm. And I think it's totally in character. And I really like Nyla. The end. Yeah. Can I just say you'd be burning trash cans if this was Bellamy, right? Uh, I think, I think honestly... People who support Balark might be burning trash cans. Yeah, first. it was. Com- I think the thing is. <laughs> I mean, there was a yeah, whole for, thing about like because no, because if it happened with Bellamy, I'd be Lex. like, well, he's dying. Like, like. I, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I think for most, I, I, I mean, I don't know how non-Balakas feel about it, but I guess most Balakas think Bellamy has some serious feelings for Clark, and it would just. 
Clarkson already, yeah, she's still getting over Lexa, which is fine. It takes time. And I wish they'd have done that more with, you know, instead of less, because there's been, a, you know, some complaints about, about the amount of times it's been brought up. But I wish they'd have done that more with Wells and Finn mm-hmm. than rather than less with Lexa. It feels like this is them. how it should be. Yeah, right? She was <laughs> well, yeah. By, by Ghost Finn. At least he didn't talk. He was way better at when no, he wasn't talking. My headcanon to that was Ghost Finn was super jealous, and he didn't go away until Clark <laughs> sent Bellamy into Mount Weather. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's but still haunting Bellamy. <laughs> We'll get. Well, they'll eventually get together, and Ghost Finn will be there in the background scowling. <laughs> I know, right? And like, but no. But then Lexa just turns and like kicks him out, like of the vision. Yeah, like she like <laughs> this is Sparta's Finn out of the vision. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, liked I it too. I like Neela. I I I think like it's very hard to like. I don't I don't think I've seen anyone hate on Neela Sur- because she's unha- unhateable. She's the sweetest thing ever. She's um, nice. She she clearly has some sort of magical voodoo that like avoids the Griffin family curse. It's um, because she plays it cool. <laughs> she's like not about hard eyes. Like no candles. She yeah, don't do the hard candles. candles. They're dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was nice. It yeah, it was really nice, and it came across well. And it's it's kind of signaling that Clark is slowly but surely getting over things in a in a kind of a nice way she's not doing what octavia's doing or jasper's doing she's kind of just seeking comfort and, and that's really like nice to see really yeah. supportive and like yeah adult like yeah i'm like oh huh that's but speaking of like her curse i i think it was funny when um when neela brought up um lexa oh, so how... you pronounce her neela how do you pronounce it what am i gonna say neela oh. Sorry. <laughs> like, who the fuck is Neil? <laughs> okay, Nyla. Um, <laughs> so when Clark brings up Lexa, um, uh, or when Neela, Nyla, damn it, Nyla brings up Lexa, Clark is suddenly like, oh, by the way, stay in Arcadia, be safe, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, she's just thinking about how everyone she slept with has died. <laughs> she's like, oh my God, be safe. <laughs> Yeah. Also, right, she like I, can't come back. She's like, God damn it! I finally found somebody else that I like to bang. For fuck's sake, you were staying alive. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not retraining someone else. But did Clark's, everyone? Clark's see... very picky in bed. This she is has. my head cannon. Yeah. <laughs> um, did everyone see her polka dot boy shorts? Because uh, I didn't notice that, but. <laughs> I just saw her staring at Nyla's boobs. <laughs> like, oh my god! The number of times where like where like Clark avoided and then could not help looking at the boobs and so like <laughs> in my own mind in my head canon i was imagining because you know like you know that like jessica Harmon was probably wearing pasties or something like that you know on set and like mm-hmm. i totally head canon that she, like i want her to have like drawn googly eyes like on her boobs <laughs> just to like fuck she with would. eliza taylor like during these scenes she would um, she totally would based on like her, seeing her at unity days and hearing exactly her talk, she's so funny yeah she exactly totally do like it. so googly eyes on her boobs Yep. <laughs> Did you have any any Nylark feels, Shaheen? Um, no. My only Nylark feel was that it was I, what I said, which is like there was the whole thing about like Clark isn't allowed to move on from Lexa. It's gonna be the end of the world, and you know, especially if he go, she goes with a guy, and now she's sleeping with another girl. Apparently, everyone's fine with it. 
So is that like lesbian privilege or? <laughs> I, what, think, I think. What's sorry. the deal with that? Sorry, somebody had explain this, and then I'll gay explain it, and we'll move on. Okay. Okay, well, I think yeah. For me, I mean, okay, I'll do my straight explanation. <laughs> it's, it's just if she'd have moved, moved, oh, moved on. That's a horrible term, but if she'd have, she's been healing. With, yeah, if yeah. she'd have been with somebody who had feelings for her next, say, someone like Bellamy, it would have come across as she was using them. Um, I think they made it really clear in that scene that this was a mutual arrangement, that it had been happening for a little while. Um, Nyla said something along the lines of, you know, why do you never sleep? So it was clear that, um, you know, they've been um, having relations for some time <laughs> since they got back in touch. But, um, yeah, I think... It was nice because it was Clark, you know, she started off the scene looking at a picture of Lexa. She's not over it yet. Um, so to just move straight into something with serious feelings involved, it would have been too much too soon um, for everybody on, on all sides of the fandom. Whereas um, neither it's it's nice. They're both adults and they're just doing what's natural, you know, what's natural. So yeah, it came across as, <laughs> it came across as really nice to me. Um, you know, I, I would have been really angry if they'd have done that with Bellamy. Um, I hope that they take some time if they are going in that direction. Um, but Nyla, I like Nyla. Everyone likes Nyla. Everybody. So. Yes, yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that they... You brought up an interesting point of, like, if it had been Bellamy, it would have either been Clark inauthentically over Alexa. Um, yeah. Like, nobody would have bought that. So it would have been, she would have been like using Bellamy. Cause I think, I think that they've done, they've put great pains, especially in this episode to kind of show that if they are moving in that direction, definitely Bellamy is the one with more feels um, mm. about it at present. Um, so that kind of would have been a disservice to, to Bellamy himself. And then if it had just been yeah. some like rando, it would have, it, it wouldn't have been Clark healing. It kind of would have called back to the beginning of season one or sorry, the fir- at the beginning of season three, where she first sleeps with Nyla, or at least we first see her sleep with Nyla, where it's very um, sort of trying to quote unquote, like fuck the pain away. Um, yeah. Some rebound that, sex. Yeah, and that's this didn't feel reboundy or 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 trying to avoid other emotions. It felt she's feeling her feels and she's with someone who she knows isn't going to pressure her for like yeah, anything she can't mm-hmm. give right now. It was just simple human comfort, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was you know for adults watching the show, that's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, who, who, and you who know. wouldn't bang Nyla? Like she's well. great. <laughs> <laughs> My I only like issue. How Nyla is like. Sorry, I like how Nyla is like that, um, like second um, spouse is like who married like a widowed person, and they're like, yeah, I know he was like everything to you, and like I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to take his place or whatever. Um, she's like trying to be all chill about it. Clark was just looking at her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I know Clark's like, don't look, don't look. Fuck, I looked. Okay, don't look the second time. Okay. <laughs> trying to have this serious conversation and Clark's just like, oh my god, boobs. I just love the headcanon that Clark's like the guy. She's just like sex on the brain. I just love that. Clark being sexually confident is fantastic. Yeah. No, the only part problem I had with all of it was um, her getting late to the meeting because... I see Clark as, like, no chill, like, quote-unquote, I can have fun, except she can't. And so that was the one part where I was like, huh, that's not really the Clark that I 
think of. Like, I feel like I would have um, liked it more if she left Neela and was the first person to the meeting still. And <laughs> because that's Clark to me. So that was the only thing that I was like, huh, weird. I mean, but, you know, some, sometimes you get caught up, you know. Sometimes there's a round two. Like, we all know that Clark's a fan <laughs> of the round two. Like... You but know, like at the end the of the world, Clark at the end of the world, like where she is the end just of the world doing everything, laid. everything. Like, why are more people not having sex? Yeah, no, on, that's a good question. That's a like, fair this question. is something that I want to bring up when once we get to um to to the island. Um, but well, I've I've had this question from the very beginning. Like as soon as they dropped on Earth, more fucking. They should have just been shacking up like all the time because like, that's Bellamy the whole was. thing. Bellamy's like, having threesomes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, why aren't they having more babies? You have, like, 400 people left. You should just be, like, popping out babies all the time. Well, I think everyone's still sterile, aren't they? Well, that like, was they that got line. They had to remove all the procedure. That line at the beginning of season three with Abby and Jackson about removing people's implants. Yeah. But, like, how many? Like, and did they end up doing that? It was, like, five Okay. <laughs> well, they had five, five just that day. Five so you like you go, yeah, you go a couple of months and you've de- uh, you know taken out everyone's implant. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking doctor dirty hands reaching up into Accidental people's orifices. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Jasper real quick? Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was that exchange between Jasper and Jaha was interesting. Um, Jasper is totally in this, uh, I want to say, stoic slash hedonist kind of place now. Uh, Because, you know, I mean, I think the the way we use these words nowadays is a little different. But um, back in ancient Greece, um, there were a number of traditions that were um, concerned with how to cope with the suffering of life. And uh, just the fact that life is so unpredictable and, um, you know, uh, that things are going to happen that are out of your control, etc. And uh, there were there were a number of traditions that we kind of use the names today, but in slightly different senses. Um, Cynics, for example, cynicism was the idea that um, you need to sort of shed all of your desires. You need to get rid of your desires. Um, and once you realize, you know, um, all those desires are kind of um, empty and worthless, then you stop suffering because uh, you, you don't need anything anymore. So you don't have anything to worry about. You don't you don't have anything to um, mourn over, um, whether it's material or personal attachment. Uh, and then Stoics believed that um, you can achieve tranquility. So they, the whole idea was how can we achieve tranquility? And Cynics said you have to shed your desires. Stoics said you achieve tranquility by accepting that everything is fate and everything is in fact determined and out of your control. You in fact have no uh, say in what's going to happen. So once you accept that, um, you in fact achieve tranquility. Um and uh, I mean, of course, we know Stoics um, by their tendency to sort of um, be not show any emotions or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, which was an as- aspect of Stoicism. 
but the philosophical idea behind it was that um, there's no need to uh, like you achieve a, uh, this state of mind where you don't um, really get emotional about things anymore because you realize it's not under your control anywhere. Anyway, once you get rid of that illusion, then you you achieve tranquility. Mm -hmm. So Jasper is super fucking zen. Then there were um, (laughs) skeptics uh, or Pyrrhonists who thought that you achieve tranquility by accepting that you don't know anything, that what you think might be bad for you might in fact be good for you for all you know. Once you realize that um, um, you you should suspend judgment on... um, on these matters, uh, including what you think is good or bad, or including what you think is going to follow um, in terms of like the causal chain of events, mm-hmm. then you achieve tranquility because you don't get upset over, like say you get, re- you apply to some for a job and you get rejected and you get upset, but the the skeptic or the Pyrrhonist would say, well, you don't know if that was actually bad for you. It might be that because you didn't get this job, you're now going to go and you know, um, maybe go to a bar and meet someone and that's going to be the greatest person you ever met and, you know, whatever. So so believing um, in the plan for the universe. <laughs> yeah, so the Stoics thought that it's all fate and you should just go with the flow. And the Pyrrhonists thought, look, you don't know if it's going to be good or bad, so you, you, should, uh, you shouldn't, you know, fret over it too much. Um, so Luna and, and Jasper the, would be friends, kind of. Yeah. I feel like uh, Jasper's kind of like a blend of Stoicism and Hedonism. Hedonism was the uh, was actually not. I mean, we use, usually say Hedonism at, at when you know we what we mean by Hedonism these days is usually like a person who thinks you should just have as much fun as you can in the moment. But there was actually a lot of like principled Hedonism, which is like you have to plan for the future, so you have to maximize your future pleasures which is not what Jasper is doing. So um, I would say he's like a blend of stoicism and hedonism. I don't know. I, I wish he had more followers, though. I, w- I would have thought that a lot of people would have felt that way at this point. I, yeah, right? I thought that they yeah, were going to p- portray that more um, as like movements within Arcadia. Um, but it's, yeah. yeah, they haven't really done that, except for like the one moment where Jaha was drinking beer and then Monty gets right. him out of it. Um mm. But that, yeah, I feel like there will be there will be a lot of people who would be at the acceptance stage and would be like, "Yeah, fuck it, whatever. We're just gonna accept it and have fun." <laughs> I mean, I guess I, we we just Arcadia just got blown up, so maybe yeah. that's something that we see next episode. Although, I mean, especially the Black Rain, you know, that's that's gonna speed up that process. Well, I thought it was super interesting that the other like that once again we were in the cantina when somebody brought up Wells. Except instead of this time Jaha being like, who? He was like, oh, <laughs> fuck, yeah. I, I did have a son and I'm super upset like, about it. That Which, guy. Why was it not burned down? Uh, like, I got the impression that Arcadia would be rubble this episode. No, but it, it was seems just like... Clark still has her bedroom and they still have the bar. So I <laughs> bet, like, basically, like, everything that they, like... Well, A, like, obviously, where else is Clark going to bang Nyla? Like, of course, her bedroom is fine. <laughs> and B, people like to drink. So, of course, the cantina is fine. Um, but everything else is gone. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they kind of gave the exposition to Monty in the meeting saying, oh, well, this bit got yeah. hit the worst. But, I mean, the, the, the ludicrous special effects last episode yeah. didn't exactly give you the impression that they were going to have most of it intact. <laughs> I was like, you could just use some tape and they'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, right, it's fine. Don't worry about it. A little duct tape, yeah. nuclear apocalypse. Exactly. <laughs> uh, All right, know, well, uh, anyone has... Any other points about Arcadia? Mm, no. 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 All right. Um, you guys want to take a break? Yeah. yeah. And then come back and we'll discuss the other two storylines. All right, guys, we're back and we're going to move on to other storylines, uh, the island and the uh, road trip. But before we do that, uh, Bob's had something to say. <laughs> Wait, oh, right. No, we forgot to talk about, when we were talking about the Arcadia storyline, um, Ilian's sexy sleeves. I don't know if anybody noticed that, but he has, like, his shirt has these cutouts on the side and, like, these crisscross, like, stretchy strings. Like, I, I can't make this up. Like, it's, like, a stripper's overshirt before but she also, takes it off. Did anyone notice his handcuffs? They were so loose. <laughs> but he's an honorable fellow. He knew that, like, he shouldn't be, like, he... was he... deliberately staying there. He could have just he, he slipped was... out. You know, Stockholm Syndrome's a real thing. Yeah. It is. It's like, look, man, the, these are... The handcuffs are, are a symbol that you're not allowed to leave. And it's like, all right, that's cool. I'll just, I'll just stay here. We have limited handcuff resources, okay? Like, they couldn't, you know, they didn't want to tighten them because then maybe, like, maybe they just reuse them. And so, because um, they're, like, zip ties, so they just kind of made them loose so that, like... Maybe it's, like, foreshadowing. You remember um, the gaff with Octavia's handcuffs in um, Gleeman's where her handcuffs were clearly undone in the airlock scene? Maybe it's foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Oh, also Murphy's um, throat chain with Ontari, there's a clip where it was not locked. <laughs> so oh, I think shame. Yeah. the continuity um, person needs to like work Get on their to game the fuck together. together. I think they it's probably the health job. and safety person who has to say it. It's probably like Canadian laws that are different. They're like, no, no, you can't actually lock anyone up. Meanwhile, if we like filmed in the States, it would have been like, yeah, fuck yeah, throw away the goddamn key. I don't care. Yeah, send them to Guantanamo just for like realistic yeah, interpretation. Going back to the uh, fashion thing, I-, I still think that the most fashionable costume on the show is the license plate thing. Ah, yeah. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna make one of those. That's awesome. Are you gonna yeah. go to Un- Unity Days? I know. Yeah, we're going to get our invite to Unity Days and Shaheen is going to cosplay his license plate, Warrior yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny Chick and I will come as Entourage. Well, obviously. Like, yeah. Durr. You know. yeah. All right, you guys want to move on to the island? Yeah. Yes. All right, so I've got nothing to say about the island, so you guys take really? it away. Yes, I really? have stuff to say about what the island. <laughs> Let's yeah, start with no. Danny. Yeah, Danny, yeah. what do you have to say about the island? Yeah, so um, I wanted to pick out the um, 
Stanley Kubrick themes um, of the location. Um, so for a while now, I thought that um, it looked quite a lot, or it was very reminiscent of 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, the locations in space in that film were um, really... Um, thematic uh, in the sense that they were white and they were full of squares and there was this um, there's some incredible essays about the meaning of of how space looks in Kubrick's film Um, but that's kind of putting that to one side Um, uh, Becker's lab looks a lot like the scenes in space in that film Um, and I sort of that was kind of interesting for a while but then this episode um, they did make a direct reference to The Shining so Murphy says uh, all work and no play makes Raven a dull girl um, so I think now it's okay to kind of theorise that they are referencing Kubrick um, in this location um, and one thing um, I wanted to pick out was how uh, 2001 itself is a film all about uh, an AI kind of going rogue if you like um, there's an AI in 2001 called Hal um, who essentially does what Ali does um, in terms of perverse instantiation, decides that humanity um, is its own worst enemy and starts making decisions for them um, and ends up becoming kind of homicidal. Um, <laughs> and in the this end in how? that film... Yeah, this is how, yeah. Um, and in the end in that film, of course, they do defeat him. Dave defeats him. Uh, it's one of the most famous scenes in all uh, cinema history. Um, and... It made me uh, particularly wanted to reference it in terms of this episode because we have two scenes of Raven interacting with a computer that bookend the episode. Um, So in the first scene, um, we have the male voice of the computer, um, which is interesting and and I thought quite reminiscent of Hal um, essentially beating Raven. She can't beat it. She can't um, land the ship without killing everybody. Um, And then at the end, with the help of Murphy and Luna, um, she manages to circumnavigate that. She um, sort of manually overrides the system um, and finds a way um, around it to land in the ocean and survive. And I thought, in terms of what's going on with her brain for the Raven fans out there, to me, that's kind of reassuring that they're foreshadowing that she will be able to... um, beat the computer, if you will. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this location. So those were my thoughts about it. (laughs) Yeah, and there's another thing I forgot to mention about um, at the intro is that the actual, the title sequence, there's a new shot at the end of the title sequence that's a shot of space. And that Mm. was like, that wasn't there before I went to the last episode. Someone had mentioned this on Reddit, so I went to like double check and it's true. Um, And it's actually, it seemed like that shot was the shot that you see on Raven's screen, the simulation. That's the shot Mm. that they put at the end. So I don't know if that gives us hope that they will go to space. Because usually it seems that they use that title sequence to show us where people are going next. Um, Mm. So I don't know. Right, well, the title sequence shows locations that... Uh, usually, typically, it's been showing locations that are going to be repeated, that are going to be um, recurring locations on the show. Mm-hmm. And the order in which they're shown is um, always the last one that you see on the opening sequence is going to be the first location that you see in the show. Um, so, so that's time, interesting because she wasn't actually in space. So I right. wonder if that's a bit of a hint that there will be scenes in space that that's becoming a location. 
Um, yeah. Or if on the one hand, it sounds like they're saying that's going to be a new location. Mm. On the mm. other hand, it was if we interpret it as well, this was the location that we saw first. Well, that would just be inside of that spaceship, but it's a simulation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe they're yeah, attempting but... a fake out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and did they uh, replace the um, the vault? The the sort of um, whatever. No, it's still the there. It comes right after the vault. Okay. Yeah, so that suggests that it's going to be a separate location. Yeah, and there's also this little square that I noticed because I was paying such close attention is when they show that vault, there's a little black square that pops up to the left of it and it says, um, oh crap, like lost signal or signal lost. And I don't know if it says that for other places on the intro, but mm. um, I definitely thought that was interesting, maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe it's where the the cryopods are. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Um, the other thing that visually stood out to me as, like, what is that, is that um, there's a briefcase that's under where Murphy is sitting in that scene where we pan over to him. And so in the run sheet, I actually linked to a picture if you guys want to look at it, where there's not clutter in the rest of the lab. Like, there isn't just, like, brick brack there to show that people worked in there and it's, like, a working lab. Um, so I was kind of confused as to what that briefcase was for. It kind of seems a little too front and center. So I don't know if you guys have ideas as to what that could be. I mean, it's a briefcase full of dildos. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, that... One can only hope at the end of the world that there'd be a briefcase full of dildos for everybody. Um, but I don't know. That stood out to me. I don't know if I was the only one. Probably. Um But, like, it, it kind of reminded me of, like, when Becca came down, she had a briefcase with Nightblood. Um, Well, hold on. So we saw her with the briefcase up in space, but again, we have no confirmation that in the briefcase that she actually did bring out down to Earth, whether or not there were dildos. I'm just saying. (laughs) I I think it's fair to say that there were probably dildos in that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's process of elimination. (laughs) I mean, it was a pretty... Big ass syringe, so I, I I take it you can use that as a dildo. Once yeah, just take off it. the needle; it's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but here's so so. Do you guys think that Murphy playing with the little? First of all, like the shock that there's a remote control car in this lab, but that's a separate yes. separate issue. Like, is that is that going to show that Murphy is capable with? sort of simulating movements like i think that this is going to set up that he pilots or goes up into the rocket i agree yeah i definitely thought i someone else had mentioned that and i was like oh my god it totally it's just weird to have him playing with a toy car without it meaning anything i feel i know i mean that could be murphy and abby if you think about it if murphy pilots it which is great because it plays into Murphy um, mm-hmm. kind of eventually making up for what he did to Raven, um, which clearly still plays on his mind that he tries to pretend it doesn't. Um, but also Murphy and Abby, there's, they hinted last season that, and, and also this season that there was kind of a growing connection that Abby um, sort of she saw something him. in Murphy. Yeah, I so. feel like Murphy is the son that she's always kind of wanted. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, Murphy and Clark, like, they both have sort of of the thing that separates Murphy and Clark in a lot of ways is Clark is a tryhard and Murphy is, like, a snark hard. Um, But they both have sort of a very, like, pragmatic way of looking at things. Um, 
and are, again, Murphy is all about his own survival and Clark is all about everyone's survival. Um, I, I feel mm. like they they are... In a sense, neither will stop until they achieve that. Murphy will put his survival above almost everything and Clark, Clark will put everyone's survival above almost everything. So, yeah. yeah. And, like, morally gray areas included for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. they're both willing to tap into that that dark place um to to get to make that happen those are my feels yeah Cluffy feels <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly if i had to work on a team at the end of the world um i mean murphy's kind of a perfect pick a because he will be ruthless in trying to find a way to survive. And B, if it comes down to, like, me or him surviving, I wouldn't feel that bad about killing him because he's kind of terrible. <laughs> so, like, there's a little bit of security. I'm being like, well, okay, it's you or me. And I have I think I've done a better job so far, so I'm just going to pick me. <laughs> Versus, like, someone else, I'd feel bad about it. <laughs> Besides, I mean, but who, though? Like, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like Murphy. God, I love him. I just. Yeah. I know. I, just, I know. Can we can we get into like sort of character moments of this? I guess yeah. like because I feel like I feel like this. Well, a where were Abby and Jackson and Amori? Like these are my questions in terms of like where, oh and Miller. Yeah, there's just um, like conveniently asleep asleep for like yeah. three days. Yeah. Yeah. They're um, obviously having an orgy. <laughs> but, uh, then why <laughs> are off screen on this show? They're having an orgy. That's, I, I mean, mean yeah, obviously, cool. but like, can we show a little on-screen orgies? Is all I'm asking. I Maybe next agree. week. <laughs> no, that was like my my upsetness with the whole with um, the apocalypse happening again. Is that all I wanted was a grounder orgy? But now everyone's gonna <laughs> die, and we're never gonna get that. Like, it's such a shame. <laughs> I mean, yes, I guess so. But wait, wouldn't Sky Crew be invited now that they're all the same people? Well, yeah, but there's not a lot of time for it to happen. So either it happens now or it's like we're, I mean, I guess we have to wait till 409 where I think everyone's heading back to Polis and maybe, maybe they'll maybe. make peace like the bonobos and we can only And hope. just do a little, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, I think it's reasonable. I think. I think you're onto something. I'm not asking for a lot. Yeah, why no. is Clark the only one getting laid? Like, it's the end of the world. Why? Like everyone. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wh- can we, why? Can we, speaking of doing it, can we can we just have a little talk about? Uh, like, I get that I have gay goggles, so I see gay <laughs> everywhere. But can uh, we just let's talk-, talk about Luna and Raven? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, like, because on the one hand, like, I totally understand, like, on the one hand, like, that shit was sensual and close, and there was, like, face touching. On the other hand, like, Luna's a hippie, and you can never trust hippies when it comes to, like, figuring out if something is gay or not. <laughs> like, they're unreliable and fluid enough where you're like, or you could just be friendly, but seriously, that was, am I, g- give me, no, give you're me not the only one, you know, I, I, you. Looked at, I looked at that scene I and I was like, Sorry, carry on, bubs. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, the first time I saw it, like, I saw it more that they were trying to focus in on, like, Luna's voice being the focus of bringing Raven back. 
But when I did rewatch it, I was like, oh, okay, I can see what other people are saying. Like, that can totally be taken sensually. Like, it was like a zoom in on their lips, and it's like this whispering in her ear, like, speak these grounder words for me, baby. Like, so, I get it. <laughs> like, I kind of wanted them to, like, cut to Murphy, and he just, like, a usual, Has like, a sleazeball just kind of, like, puts his hands slowly in his pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He would. And <laughs> no, like, he would. And, he, you know, and if he gets caught, he's just like, what? You know? Like... He's like, you this is who I am. Yeah, this Maybe that's exactly. what he was thinking about when he was trying to speak uh, Trig. <laughs> he was thinking about Lena and Raven. So he was jerking off under the table. Is yeah. That I creep on myself for the miracle of a horny mistake. <laughs> I feel like I, Luna is one of those people who's got the chemistry with everyone, though, because when she had her scene with, with Murphy about, you know, being like, yeah. hey, I did some bad shit. Um, I, I took issue in terms of like clunky dialogue, like the number of times Murphy had to like prove that he was a bad bitch, um, just to be like, uh, I don't care. Uh, like it got to be like a little bit much for me. Like I, mm-hmm. it felt a little heavy handed, you know, like every time somebody would say something authentic, he would then like sort of put it down. Um, yeah. But but at the same time, like, you know, in terms of who Murphy is and all that sort of stuff, like he needed someone, I think, outside of everyone who knows him and sort of comes at him with prejudice, um, somebody yeah. outside to be like, hey, it's OK. You're OK. Yeah. yeah and the base of them rolling their eyes over Raven was great. That was my uh, favorite <laughs> moment of the episode. Just Luna and Murphy rolling their eyes. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> they had the three of them had a really great dynamic actually that was um mm-hmm. probably for me that uh, well okay uh, we'll talk about this later um bellamy and rome was my standout but um yeah <laughs> murphy <laughs> murphy raven and luna were probably the next big standout of the episode i thought they had a really great dynamic and um i didn't really care where abby and jackson and everybody else was <laughs> i didn't either no. <laughs> um so, question. Yeah. Yes. So, we know that Arcadia is out the window. And, um... Out the so, airlock, am I right? <laughs> and then the, uh... So, the only solution uh, that's left at the moment is Nightblood. And, and the second dawn. I think Jaha's yeah, thinking of the second like dawn. Right. So, there's, like, the foreshadowing of the second dawn. So, do we think that the, um... Nightblood plan is going to... So one scenario could happen is the Nightblood thing is going to be dragged on till the finale and then it's going to go to shit and then the second Dawn people are going to show up in the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another scenario is the Nightblood thing is going to go to shit much earlier and then we're going to move on to the second Dawn thing, mm-hmm. which then makes me wonder then what's going to happen at the end. So what do you guys think? What are your thoughts? I I mean, I have a, a, a problem with the Nightblood thing. And I was talking about this earlier where um, I even if they were to figure it out and create a Nightblood serum, how on earth would they be able to distribute all of it to everybody? I mean, I, I see like just a problem being able to distribute it in Arcadia um, to more than like 20 people. Because do they have, like, unlimited 
um, syringes to inject people with? Um, do they have I, – I mean, I don't even really know the mechanics of um, inoculation, but um, <laughs> it just seems like there's a lot involved. And it's not – to me, it doesn't seem realistic to have such little time to A, figure it out, and B, distribute it. Well, and they still need a place to ride it out. Like, it's not like yeah. Luna is fucking immune. She's not. She's, She's just not. a little bit better equipped. She so, would melt like, like everybody else. Yeah, like, it's not like she's, like, suddenly fire retardant or whatever. Like, she yeah. can heal from the lesions better than everyone else, she's but She's not at the Kara same time, from Supergirl, right? Honestly, she is not. <laughs> but we oh. also have, with Nightblood, as well as being a solution, we have kind of this looming thing with both Raven's brain <laughs> and also um, the flame. Um, and it just makes me think that, you know, Gaia went off with the flame. That's obviously going to come into play. Um some nightblood is going to put that in them at some point, right? <laughs> um, and what for? You know, I, th- I think they're going to need the flame to save Raven. And it's but possible that that could interfere with the cure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I kind of foresee they're going to have a choice between saving Raven and and the cure or something like that. Um, it just feels like... Well, the cure. You know, to have <laughs> night- yeah, well, to I have mean- nightblood is like this big... Um, there's so much that can be done with it. And um, I I think they're going to come to a crossroads with it where they need to choose, do we try something else again? Um, Or, you know, do we save Raven? It just, there's too much, um, there's too much kind of um, rolled up in in Nightblood um, for it to pan out. (laughs) There's too much that can go wrong. Sorry, another thing with Nightblood is that I would assume that there would be a bunch of grounders who would just found who would just find this blasphemous and unacceptable right and they would just be mm. like no we're not doing uh, this um yeah well echo for, i mean echo mentioned that and she's gone to polis with roman's um army who betrayed him so uh, you know i wouldn't be surprised if they turned up to polis and there's an entire army saying uh, no, you can't. You can't use the nightblood for this reason. <laughs> and no. Luna's suddenly target number one. <laughs> and here's another question: Even if the nightblood thing were to work, um, that's just going to save the humans. But um, we know from what Ali said that you know there's not going to be any water. There's not going to be anything to eat. Like all mm-hmm. the other animals are going to die, or you know. So what? How is that even is that is that even a solution? Like that's never been brought up by anyone who thought who suggested that night blood is gonna be a solution. Are they gonna like inject night blood into animals too to save them? Because right? what, are, like, they what gonna are they gonna eat? Find, yeah, <laughs> what are they gonna question. eat and, and drink and maybe and cannibalism will finally <laughs> make an entrance. <laughs> finally. Finally. This is Brian's moment. Brian comes back from his exile with Wick and is like, hang on, I've got a recipe. <laughs> And he, like, <laughs> explains how best to cook and eat people. The meat just falls off the bones. <laughs> so tender. Maybe they'll cook Riley. <laughs> oh, please. God, how the little meat tides. Well, so here's what I'm worried about with Nyla, is remember how we were all, like, batshit nuts for Riley for, like, 30 minutes, and then he was a dick <laughs> in the next episode, and we're like, fuck that guy? Like, everyone was on the Nyla choo-choo train, and, like, I don't want her fall from grace to happen. I don't think so. I I considered it. Honestly, I considered it for a little bit because all the focus was on Echo being the one that's against Sky Crew and is going to turn against Sky Crew and do everything to just like 
you know, uphold as got away. And so it would be kind of amazing if Nyla secretly was just biding her time to, like, avenge her father. But I just, after this last scene, I don't see I just don't see see it. She's too much of a hippie. Exactly. It's too much of who she is. Especially, like, the things she said to Bellamy and Nevermore. It wouldn't really track for me, her having this big turn. Yeah, I think Echo's going to be the one who betrays them. If anybody's going to betray them, I think Echo might. Yeah, But I I feel like if she does, it's going to be out of ignorance. Like, I don't think that, I think that she is trying to. Or blind faith. But Mm. is she that religious? Well, she, she, she had that one line at the beginning where she was like blasphemy in terms of um, reproducing, reproducing nightblood. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, I think Echo is pretty, uh, if not religious, she's traditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think they're building up to a team science versus team religion thing um, within the next few episodes, uh, possibly the flame coming into play over, you know, what the flame means. Is it is it the spirit of the commander or is it just a piece of a useful of technology? Knowledge. Yeah, and I, and I think that they're... Um, they're building up to that where the grounders will have a claim and say, no, this is, you know, mm-hmm. actually we'd rather everybody die than commit this blasphemy. Yeah. Um, as, and team science are going to be, that's ridiculous. We need that information perhaps to save Raven or something like that. So I, I feel it, like that's coming in the next few episodes. Yeah, and somehow. I think it will <laughs> come down to that will be the point where Luna breaks. And she now she's seen what Skycrew's yeah. trying to do and achieve. And, and she comes back to claim her legacy, basically. Um, but in doing so, to use the technology to help everybody, because for yeah, once the next, it's, it's, the it, next commander will be like not about the religion, but about the science. And and I think that that would be a turning, like that would be that would go in line with who Luna is is to use the technology instead of to perpetuate this violence to actually save everybody. Mm. So. I mean, I think it makes sense. I don't know. What do you guys? All right. Well, uh, if you guys don't have mm-hmm. any other points about the island, uh, I would say let's move on to the road trip. Yeah, you guys have some stuff to say. <laughs> yeah. Before we say anything else, I don't quite understand this road trip storyline. So, someone help me out here. So, what exactly happened? I. I <laughs> I understand that um, the uh, Asgeta people, uh, Rowan's um, security detail, uh, betrayed him, right? That's yes. what happened? Okay. Mm-hmm. So why again? So What they... did they need the truck for or the, the hydrazine? I think that... They're very short-sighted. Yes. They, they can't... Oh, everything that Sky Crew is doing is beyond them. So they see the most value in this, um, in the hydrazine, as using it as a weapon in Polis, where all this upheaval is going on. Yeah, I mean, the are, have gone there to are ro- ice to stations, war, right? so they're going to use it against Tree Crew. Yeah, well, but also Everybody. not just Tree Crew, not just Tree Crew, because they said um, at right, the beginning the that Broadleaf and, and Plains Riders yeah, had joined. So I think basically the world is ending and the grounders are going to start another war mm-hmm. and the hydrazine is a weapon. And I think, yeah, um, as so, Gator decided, or Rowan's people decided to use it. Okay, it. I mean, that's kind of a lame excuse. <laughs> like, 
how did Rone <laughs> figure that out? Like they were sitting in the rover being attacked by those because the body. people. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I know the truck isn't here. Tree crew didn't steal it. My own people stole it. How did he figure that out? I think because they came across another dead body. And this is a part I'm unsure of, whether it was a tree crew or I don't know who, but tree crew burns their dead. So if it was a tree crew guy who died in a struggle as they were on the road, um, then it makes sense that it was not tree crew who was driving through and wrecking havoc. And he also said that um, he has his... time to burn a body, like building a prior and everything. Like, that takes a long ass time. Like, so to be like, oh, I tree mean, crew burn their dead. Like, how? <laughs> religion is not rational. Yeah. Okay. That's but fair. Robin also said that um, his people are just doing what's best for them in the sense that there's yeah. other clans amassing against them. Um, and they saw this um, potent, uh, you know, this possibility of stealing the uh, hydrazine as a weapon. Um, and Roan, it just kind of twigged for him at the last minute that something was not adding up and that it was his people that had taken it. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was all it kind of hand well wavy. Like, he, yeah. he could have figured that out right on the spot where they found, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, sickle or something? S- <laughs> sickle anemia. Siphus? <laughs> Siphon? Um, yeah, when he, if they found his body, he could have thought of that. Like, he, 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 had, he hadn't gained any new information by sitting in the rover being attacked by those guys. But it was All of a like, sudden, he had this epiphany, and he's like, oh, I know. That was kind of no, weird that, to me. I feel but like there was that a lot of defensiveness. People, that happens to people. Like, you know, when you're like, wait, I don't understand what's going on. And then, like, you're asleep, and you wake up, you're like, oh, my God, that's what was going on. <laughs> like, it's just your brain is still working on it. You just don't have an answer yet. Yeah, and there was a lot of defensiveness going on between uh, Rowan and Bellamy, wasn't there, yeah. over their people who'd done worst. And I think there was that sort of element of, you know, defensiveness playing into it. And then at the last minute, he was like, actually, yeah, my people are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of so, terrible. Like, fine, yeah. you, you killed an army, and now the that they're, like, burning villages, I see the difference. But, like, okay, <laughs> fine, whatever. Like, let's move on. Where's Clark? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I also Os- think Os- it's Os- funny really that- are the worst, aren't they? <laughs> they? They enslave people. They just attacked Sky Crew to destabilize. But I, Lexa I don't understand and- how in season three, Ron had the conversation with Clark where she's like, "Well, Alexa says your people are the worst," and Ron is like, "That's just because that's Lexa's perspective." And I thought in that moment, I was like, "Oh, eventually we'll get the, the as get a story and understand nope. why they're the way they are." And nope. we still haven't. Like, <laughs> well, I've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, keep waiting. I guess I know. I, I guess <laughs> they'll all be dead. There won't be no story. It's like farm station all over again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the actual. What do you think, trip. Joe? Um. About which? Everything. Oh, just everything. Go ahead, just oh, the whole the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, I, I, I obviously, it, it was a good road trip. I had a good time with it. Some parts, like, felt a little <laughs> contrived. Like, there was definitely, in my opinion, like, they definitely, like, threw fucking gasoline on the shipper, on the shipper front. Um, <laughs> but that said, like, there was also, like, a lot, like, I, there was a lot for social, like, people who are on social media, and, like, I kind of just expect the writers to be, like, peeping on things and being like, yeah, people fucking like 
Bellamy and Rome. Let's let's go over the fucking top <laughs> and the rover <laughs> and the rover and like the it's, rover. It's all a thing. So there are hypothetically, not that I've read any, but a fair number of fan fictions that focus on either Bellamy and Roan um, together and or other various couple pairings involving that dirty fucking rover. <laughs> And I mean, the rover's really sexy, I have to say. I mean, it's got a big back seat, like it folds down, it's really comfy, it's private. Um, the horsepower. The, yes, the, the solar the solar horsepower. Um, so that part was great. Um, I took issue with the fact that, like, before when they, like, ran into the tree crew group and there's, like, that kid, like, poking around the back of the, of the truck. And, like, at Ro- Rowan and his, and his guards are just kind of, like, squatting back there being like I hope they don't see us and it's like and then later there's a tarp and you're like we just hired the goddamn tarp the whole time like yeah. yeah why were you guys just like crouching where people could see you for the yeah. drama Joe for the but, drama uh, uh, like I can't with these stupid decisions <laughs> Yeah, but we should know by now, three and a half seasons in. We're going to make some stupid everyone decisions. Is, yeah, everyone is stupid. Like, we just have to accept it and move on. <laughs> so what are your guys' uh, Broen and or uh, Balark feels on this? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, we disagree, didn't we, Bubs? We had a... Uh, we well, we did disagree. Yeah. Well, what would um, you guys disagree on? Uh, what, what was the strife in the bubble fluff marriage? <laughs> um we've been we've you know what like we are have been on the rocks all season we've disagreed with everything um to, i know we're about to hire cc as a, a lawyer <laughs> well yeah exactly we're, we're so about to consciously uncouple <laughs> yeah. yeah you'll read our blog post about it on goop <laughs> um no i guess like um what was missing for me like yes it checked off all the boxes um, in terms of like putting in the Balark feels for the episode, but it was missing some of some of like the cinematographic choices that it has had historically, which for me have always pushed things that are platonic to ambiguous. So from that perspective, I was confused. So like, yes, I understood that they did the trope where Bellamy is cut off in his maybe confession of what he's going to say, but the feelings that I should have had in that feeling in in that scene for me were absent. So I was kind of like, whoa, wait, what just happened? And instead I was more focused on the fact that like they're saying they they don't know if they're gonna see each other again. Like this is the end of the world. Like, so I was expecting more of a goodbye scene because even if you look at it platonically, um, they mean a lot to each other, and every other time that they've said goodbye to each other where it could be the end, like, it's been a lot more of a loaded scene. And these things were also absent in the last two episodes. So, like, that kind of piled up for me, and I was kind of like, huh. But it's funny, because when I go on Reddit and read other people's inter- or, um, other people's reactions, people who have historically been like, no, Blark's not going to happen, are suddenly like, okay, fine, I see it, Blark's happening. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so funny because for me, I'm like, oh, so this is telling me, I don't I don't know what this is telling me, but I'm worried in terms of like my Blark feels. So that's where I'm at in it. And um, Capital Chick and Danny don't feel that way. They've, they're totally on board. So I don't know why I had this reaction. Um, I think that like just emotionally, the beats weren't hit for me. Um, but Danny, do you want to give your spiel? 
Yeah. Um, so I guess for me, um, it's less about the uh, emotional beats and more about the long, um, long-term story. In that, um, Bellamy and Clark have always been, at least until this season, kind of um, factored through a lot of political stuff. So anytime um, they've said they need each other or that they're important to each other, it's always been for a political reason somebody's been you know essential to an operation or um in a particular political role um and this is the first time um this season that we've ever really um or that they've ever really made it clear and textual that they mean each other to a lot just personally um for who they are as people um and this scene was kind of for me the first time they've ever talked about each other or even um Broach talking about each other um, without any of that politics involved. Uh, so, yeah, well, I, I do actually, I completely understand what Bubbles is saying, but but also I kind of think that the huge emotional beats, it's a little bit too soon to be putting that stuff in. Um, we got the scene at the end of uh, 403, which was hugely emotional. Um, but in general, the personal nature of their interactions and the kind of growing closeness is for me um a, a sign of their growing closeness i guess <laughs> so yeah I, i'm okay with it and but i'm also happy that they're being separated for a while because um i have had some issues with bellamy's storyline and i think he sometimes kind of disappears inside Belark a little bit when they're doing their interactions so I'm glad that they're going to be doing their own thing for a while um letting them have their own stories for a while so but yeah I'm good I'm good <laughs> Shaheen the non-shipper what did, did <laughs> yeah. you did, did you read it one way or another I feel like Bellamy and Clark's reactions are kind of becoming too much of this whole like Bellamy is like I'm a piece of shit and Clark is like no man I did a lot of crappy things too. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> I've killed a lot of people too, buddy. Yeah, it just seems join like the club. <laughs> she's always in this position of like, yeah, I know you're. You know, um, I know how you feel. It'll get better, uh, and that that's mostly the the content of their reactions. Um, and it kind and of feels Bellamy's like Bellamy's storyline this season, isn't it? So far, oh this god, is, yeah. yeah. I've had some niggles with Bellamy's storyline, just being literally Bellamy feeling guilty. The apology all tour. season, <laughs> and yeah, we're playing Massacre Bingo, which character can mention it to him next <laughs> i'm getting like i get it they you know last season it was unclear and lots of people felt it wasn't articulated very well but um it feels like they've gone overboard a bit this season and and, and not only that it's for me you know to constructively criticize um you don't really need multiple scenes you just need one good scene um like in season one, um, they had Day Trip and mm -hmm. Bellamy um, simply saying, I'm a monster. And that's all you needed, three words to show how he feels about himself um, um, and where he is. Um, this episode or this season, we've got scenes every single episode of bringing up the massacre and bringing up his guilt. But we've not had a single scene that's really truly articulated where Bellamy is and what he thinks about where he is and it's frustrating because I feel like they're going to keep bringing it up and yet you don't need that to me you just need one really well written scene but hey ho <laughs> I've let that drop as I said earlier. 
I just feel like um, it's becoming a lot more of a sort of mother-son relationship than uh, than anything else. Like Clark is in this motherly position of being oh, like, God. yeah, I've been there, son. You know, it's uh, yeah. So there's something about that that I think they need to maybe um, tone that down a yeah. little bit. Bellamy needs to get some fire back. Like he needs to start. Yeah, he needs to just get over feeling bad and like these, you know, and just start getting proactive about doing stuff. It's it's been frustrating. And yeah, I feel that actually. I feel that in their react in their interactions and in his interactions with everybody, he's really muted this season and it's um it's been frustrating for me as a Bellamy yeah. fan. So yeah. I also I've also always kind of believed and I think we briefly talked about this on the podcast that um, the massacre isn't actually that much worse than the Ton DC bombing. Um, it's not. And so I, I feel like what Clark did in the Ton DC incident is very much analogous to the massacre. There are some differences, a major one being one is killing, one is letting die. Um, and the other mm. being like one was much more, um, there was much more time to li- deliberate on it. So there was much more... Um, um you know foresight but Mm -hmm. um but putting those aside they're very similar so i feel like we got over the ton dc thing much more quickly and clark got over it much more quickly than than bellamy did um but of course the the reaction from the fandom was very different so maybe they're Mm -hmm. trying to tailor their story to that because people felt like yeah bellamy should feel way worse than anyone thought Clark should feel after Ton DC. So, um, yeah, On the that's one also hand, I sort of, yeah, I give, I mean, I give them a little bit of leeway because I think on balance, although I love season three, you know, in a single episode, um, 304, they almost ruin their lead male character in one episode. And I think by just not showing or telling us anything <laughs> about what was going on with him, um, Whereas, you know, so I think on balance, do we have that again or do we have this very careful, very obvious storytelling? And although it's frustrating for me because I did a lot of headcanoning last season and I feel like enough now for the general audience, <laughs> I think probably it do, does still need to be said. Um, but I, yeah, so I don't mind. I can give them a little leeway as frustrating as it is. Um, but hopefully we're, we're ending with this soon and we'll be getting back to Bellamy growing into um, the man he's meant to be because he's more than just a, a sad person. <laughs> you know. And we know that. We've seen that. So, yeah. But let's, let, can we talk about Bellamy and Roan? <laughs> <laughs> I also Please. want to talk about the car chase. The car chase was... Awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's up to you guys. You guys are the guests. Whichever one you want to talk about first. I feel like Danny asked rather politely, but yes. it's up to you guys. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Brown. <laughs> well, so I see Joe. Joe, you you had um, a couple of comments about that. Blarkers are moist. Browners are even more moist. <laughs> yeah, like like. That but as Blarkers. As, as, as a Klexa shipper, you know, like, I, I accept what they're doing, you know, and, and it was, like, to me, it was sort of, like, a little bit obvious that they're kind of, like, very, you know, they're continuing that slowness or whatever, and it's becoming a little bit more obvious, but, like, the brone shit, I was, like, damn, like, that, <laughs> whoa, it was, 
I feel like, so basically what's happening is Bellamy is giving heart eyes to Clark and Clark is kind of like not really receptive or in a mental place for that. Meanwhile, Rowan is like, I fucking Bellamy and Bellamy <laughs> is sort of, is sort of the Clark in that relationship of like, we're cool. Oblivious. Oblivious. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I think that in terms of sexual charisma, Rowan is going to be more convincing to Bellamy than Bellamy is going to be to Clark. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> I feel like Rowan's... Um, I think Bellamy will be trying to hold it back. <laughs> with, with what? With Clark or with yes. Rowan? Well, well, just yes. Across I the think board. <laughs> I think with Clark, but with with Roan, he just like he he needs Roan to be more direct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wait, didn't who was talking on the break about Roan just constantly fiddling with his sword the whole time? Like how That's much more Danny. direct? Me. That would be me. Yeah, every single ep- uh, every single scene in that episode uh, when Roan was talking to, or Rowan was talking to Bellamy, he was playing with his sword handle. <laughs> he was just striking it. What <laughs> is talking to Bellamy? Yeah, it's like okay that? with the phallic symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, Danny, what I, I, was I your, what were you going to say about Brown? Okay, so um, well, okay, get this non-serious stuff out of the way. As a crack ship, I actually probably ship them more than Bellark because <laughs> 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 you would be so would excited, and it would be so unexpected. Like, it, it would be like not groundbreaking, like we've seen gay people before, but like unexpected in its like. Yeah, and the whole fan it would bring the whole fandom together. I can't imagine a single person who wouldn't love Bellamy and Rowan. There are but, like barkers um, who would be who would like burn it down. No. Um no, because most, I mean, in the same way that, I hate to say this, but in the same way that Klexa fans are re- really love Lexa, um Bellark fans really love Bellamy, and I think I feel bad for Clark saying this, but I think just you know, if Bellamy got a really good um, love story, even if it wasn't Clark, I think a lot of Bellarkers would be okay with it if it was Rowan. My pointer fingers are touching <laughs> because we're basically all shallow, and we just want to see hot people having sex. Yeah, so. that's what it comes that's down to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly um, don't know serious... where Brown even came from. Like, neither character has been. Known to be gay. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, okay, hang on. You guys just there made that up. Seeds. Anyway. No, no, no. No, there is. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Bubs has receipts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was. Um, it's definitely based on the dynamic. And then if you look for it, there's scenes like. Um, I think it's in the jail cell in um, 315. Where, not that you've remembered or not that I remember. No. Um <laughs> when Bellamy and Clark go in to talk to Roan and tell him what's up and get him on board so they can go to Polis and get the flame. Um <laughs> there's this moment where where um Roan turns to Bellamy and he like looks him up and down. <laughs> And so things like that just, like, fueled the dynamic that was already attractive of two charismatic, like, quote-unquote alpha leads, like, interacting. So So is it based on a lot? just, like, looking up and down, like, asshole shot my arm? It's... 
That too, but it's an enemies to lovers story, isn't it? <laughs> so basically what you guys are experiencing is what it's like being a gay watching most shows where you're like, do you not see that level of chemistry and make them touch each other's privates? Um, and then like every now and again you get you get a winner and you get surprised and that's what Klexa was where you were like, wait, 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 what? You're giving this to us? Um, and then other times, you know, you have to like pine from afar, like, you know, Supergirl and Lena Luther. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster of usual disappointment. But for all of our sakes, but especially yours, I do hope that you guys get your, um, you know, Bellamy and Rowan, um, you know, kissy face. Just imagine instead of, um, I just call grounder orgy. Neither. Yeah, imagine if Clark, instead of Clark waking up with Nyla, like Bellamy had like, and it wasn't even like treated like Rome a thing in his bed. Yeah, if it was just yeah, we just had sex. Let's just <laughs> get on with being awesome. Well, yeah. so here's a question. Everyone so, Danny, you're you're someone who actually is like one of the 05 percent of people who sees chemistry between Brian and Miller. Um, yes, I do too. Though I'm I'm in the point five. I feel like I, you're I, just. I think I was in there too. Okay, so you were the three people who, who <laughs> in the entire fandom who, who see the chemistry. Is there more chemistry, even though that they haven't even, like, made it canon between Rowan and I between think, Bellamy and Rowan? I think the most chemistry is always between couples that have not consummated anything. So you like the angst? Yes, the potential, the yeah. struggle. The, it's all about that. Like, so once you get together, there is, like, this, um, what's the word? Just like this release of tension, and it kind of kills the excitement sometimes. <laughs> who who is the top and who is the bottom? I need all of you to answer this. Or is well, if, or they if both Rowan versatile? And Bellamy. Yeah, or are they both versatile? Versatile. Well, Bellamy is always the bottom. No, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree a hundred percent. Another disagreement. <laughs> I've explained this. It's the lack of control versus not wanting to be leader that creates the dynamic where Bellamy is the dom and Clark is the the sub in that relationship. <laughs> what what do you I just can't imagine it. What are your feelings on the Rowan and Bellamy sexual dynamic, Shaheen? Didn't I already make myself clear on that? That you don't see it at all. <laughs> I think they just 69 each other a lot. <laughs> Oh, Makes okay. it fair. <laughs> Danny, did you finish your point about Braun? In the back of the room. Oh, yes. I wanted to make a more serious point as well. Um, yeah. Like, putting a, putting aside the, you know, hoping they have sex thing. Um, Rowan is... Rowan, what's, what's really interesting about um, Clark and Bellamy is that they've always kind of um, had this theme, the idea of Clark being the queen and Bellamy being the knight. Um, I mean, the, Ali Raven said it specifically last season. And um, I like the idea that Rowan is a king. And I think that he is the kind, not Echo, because I'm not a huge fan of the Echo dynamic, but I think Rowan is the kind of grounder that Bellamy could have a good peer relationship with. I think he needs more male relationships just in general um he's so often kind of factored through protectiveness or father figures Mm -hmm. um so i think that you know finally getting them on screen for a significant period of time working together this episode was fantastic um and i hope that they continue with that because i think he 
could be a real mechanism for Bellamy's growth in a positive way. And it's just really fun to see them doing action stuff. It's something that uh, we've missed with Bellamy, do, you know, being um, John McClane. <laughs> and uh, we love that in season two. And, and I really love that this episode. So, yeah, I think um, it's a good dynamic and I hope that they continue with it. Um, so, yeah. All right. Anyone else have anything to say about the road trip? Uh, I do. <laughs> one more Bullark thing, but it's not necessarily romantic. Um, one of my favorite things about their dynamic is that, like, they work so well as a team always. And so the whole car chase thing was dependent on them kind of knowing what the other was going to do, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And this goes back to, like, if you look at Nevermore, when they're trying to um, – get that um the thing on raven i'm trying to oh yeah get the um the the bracelet on raven um everyone is distracted by what's going on but bellamy knows what clark was doing and he slaps the bracelet on raven while everyone's distracted and so it's like scenes like that that i i really appreciate how well they work together and I, I mean, like it was, it was like such like a silly fucking car chase, like oh my God. of all fucking <laughs> things for them to do on the show. They're like, and a car chase where and Rowan like leaps through the fucking air, <laughs> lands the highlight on the thing. is pelvic region. It's a whole thing, <laughs> and then and then like oh, they stop with like three feet to spare, and of course like Clark and Bellamy have a laugh about it because ha ha ha, that was so close. They made um, it. <laughs> they made it. Like, I yeah, I like the to, look like, they gave. Five. Yeah. I like the look the look they gave each other and going back to Bob's point of like as if like they they already had a plan uh which they didn't but it's like when these two are together they already they're already like on the same wavelength so it's like uh they the Clark stops the the truck and then they look at each other and it's like yep it worked <laughs> um so it's like yeah exactly that's what I wanted and and Bellamy is like, yeah, that's what I wanted to. So, yeah, I agree that. They, so, what um, you're saying now is that you are now a, a converted Bellark shipper. <laughs> I said not romantically. <laughs> yeah, uh, that could go either way. Non-romantic car chases. It's a Schrodinger ship. It's just interesting how, like, two people who make stupid decisions on their own, when they're together, they actually... It's not clear. Like, people have said, other characters have said, um, who is keeping who in check? Like Jaha says, you keep Clark in check. And then some people say, no, Clark is keeping Bellamy in check. And I think it's neither one. Um, it's just when these two people are together, they're both, they both function differently. The, the, um, like the sum is, is greater than. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. And this goes back to, um, conversations we had about personality and, and how I think that there is no, unique personality that each person has each of us has a different personality depending on who we're interacting with and what we call the personality is sort of like the common denominator of all of that or something but really you're a different person depending on who you're with and a person who might be extreme um, in certain situations or with certain people when they're with another person they might actually be the voice of reason or um, or they might, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that about these two guys. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> they're a lot of fun. I mean, they're the center of the show, regardless of what happens. And 
you know, hopefully we can all be cool with that <laughs> whenever it happens, but, um, or if it doesn't, but yeah, they're kind of, I think um, Jason did an interview recently where he said the show's always better when they're working together. Yeah. Um, they're a lot of fun. And, you know, I agree. They they are. They're the centre of the show. So it's always nice to see them on screen and working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Danny has a well, actually. <laughs> Dan is going to save that section. All right. Let's do well, Didn't actually. Yeah, didn't or I already did, say that? that? The handcuff thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, the handcuff thing. Well, yeah. I don't know if there were any other will actuallys apart from the fact that, like, they Rowan and company to hide under that damn tarp. Um, but that's, <laughs> that's Here's another just, sort of quasi-will yeah. actually. So, Roan's army, half of Roan's army has gone rogue and he's just going to let it go? Like, I mean, what, what else? What is what he going to do? What kind of king is that? Like, I thought Asgeta had, like, a very tight hierarchy structure of, like, yeah, you're the king, you will do whatever you say. And now I mean, it's just, like, yeah. I think Echo made it clear that that's not, like, it's a precarious thing where you have to show strength. And to their definition of strength, he hasn't done that. I mean, it's basically a parallel between, uh, with Kane as well. Like, this episode was Kane losing his people. Um mm-hmm. To some degree of, you know, he can't control the mob just because he is, quote unquote, the leader. And I think it's the same thing with Rowan. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that it's this like balance of like having to show strength. And what does that mean? Like, obviously, on the ground, a lot of people think it means something very direct and violent. And those who are trying to change things are they're having a hard time because of that. Well, it's it's this idea that you can still sort of like cling to these old models when everything is fucking melting around you, um, and that's <laughs> not how people work. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because Drone said that um, they did that that his army or half of his army kind of split it off, uh, and when you know went on a rampage on their own when they heard about Prime Fire, so. Um, yeah, I guess it's supposed to be this idea that, like, when people learn that the world is ending, all the structure, all the hierarchies break down. But uh, that doesn't sound like grounders. I don't know. It's- I mean, the moral of this season so far has been that Jaha should just run everything, right? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. To all of our I shock. Mean- well, I think yeah. the lesson is that <laughs> the City of Light was always the best solution yeah. anyway, so... <laughs> I'm still waiting for someone to bring that up and be like, you know what? Actually, now that I think about it, that was a better solution. Yeah, no, I, I'm surprised we haven't seen. I thought that we were going to see that, you know, people being mad at Clark for taking them out. And we haven't seen that, right? Right. Which is weird. Or even Jasper being like, so the City of Light doesn't sound like a bad idea. He's that like, a bad idea. Huh. It's strawberry ice yeah. cream. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyway. You guys want to wrap this up? I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, next week, we're going to be talking about uh, episode seven called Gimme Shelter. Uh, and I will not be there, but Danny, I believe, is taking my place. Ooh. Yeah, All I'm right. the general dog's buddy <laughs> for you guys. I love how today you were like, first of all, I'm too busy. 
to be able to do this. Hopefully Bubs can do it. Two minutes later, let me know if Bubs can't do it. And like, I do have a microphone and I guess I can make it work. Two minutes later after that, it was, well, maybe I'll just fill out some stuff on the run sheet, but I certainly don't have time to rewatch the episode. Two minutes after that, fine, I'm rewatching the episode. What time are we recording? That's accurate. Yeah, like that was... was more interesting than work. I mean, you should just, like, use all of this and just, like, play it for your students. Oh, yeah, I'm meant to be teaching Shakespeare. Well, this is Shakespearean. Sometimes. Yeah. So, it's fine. I'm, 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 I'm not in charge. That's, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> I mean, I've been to lectures that are worse. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a programming note for next week um are yep. you guys watching any so you TV? guys have yeah any tv shows to recommend i do <laughs> i think i'm the only one who puts <laughs> something down it. um so it is a cartoon on disney xd which i am a big fan of um and it's called star versus the forces of evil um so far the only people i've got to watch it are um capital chicks children but they really her, like it. Her nine-year-old daughter. Eight. She's eight. Oh, god damn it. Um, but it's really good. And I know it's a children's show, but like for it, I mean, I watch a lot of not children's shows, and it's just it's really good. And I think other people should watch it. If you're into animations, if you liked um what are the other ones? Adventure Time. Um, I have not seen Steven Universe, but I feel like if you watch Steven Universe, this is probably also in that um, realm of cartoons. Um, and something Pines, which I cannot think of the name right now. Um, yeah, I recommend it. Catchy songs. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, I will recommend uh... – Sorry, I'm watching. I'm watching the the run sheet get get updated with Danny's typing. <laughs> I so can if you guys hear are hearing, any typing. if you guys are hearing any typing, that is Danny typing furiously. Um, I would recommend Legion, um, which I'm glad Jen isn't actually on this podcast because uh, she always recommends shows, yells at us about them, and then I finally watch them, and then everyone else watches them. Um, so she's gonna be pissed that I'm like, actually, it's really good. You all should watch it. And she'll be like, I told you to watch it. Um, so Legion, uh, it's a show where you watch it, and it, it, it technically it takes place in the Marvel universe, and like it's it's part of this sort of mutant genre but it's not like anything that i've ever seen to the point where i'm watching it and i'm going who the fuck said this was okay like who at fx was like yeah i'll give you money (laughs) yeah like and it just got renewed for a second season which obviously means i mean it's amazing and it's incredibly entertaining to watch but like it's very difficult to follow um it it it, it's no one yeah it's very trippy no one is reliable in it like you can't you watch one episode and then the very next episode, it turns out that like everything that you thought that you could rely on as fact was complete bullshit. Um, <laughs> and so it's a really weird sort of, but you're kind of with it and it's not frustrating, which I think is really interesting for a show that's not giving you any actual information. Um, and it's, I, I can't believe that somebody was like, yeah, no, that somebody read a treatment of it on a piece of paper, was able to understand it and said, I will give you money to make this show. Um, <laughs> but it's good. I, I, I recommend it. Anyway, onward. All right. Danny. Yes. Um, 
I, I guess you guys have probably recommended this before, but uh, I just wanted to shout, give a shout out to Sensate again. Uh, season two is coming soon in May, I believe. Um, You're in it for the orgies. It's such a good show. Yeah, it's ev- all the characters are so enjoyable, and it's genuinely the best thing the Wachowskis have done since uh, The Matrix, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's just such an enjoyable show. So. Yeah, and it has orgies as well. So. <laughs> you should have started with that. That was what convinced me like, to watch it, Jace. Everyone has, like, chemistry on that show. Like, that's the weirdest thing. Yes. Is that they totally have, like... Like, there's totally, you know, this sort of one, like, male main character. And, you know, he's very heterosexual and blah, blah, blah. But then, like, in this weird mind-melding thing, he joins, like, you know, a multi-gender orgy or whatever. And you totally buy it. And everyone just looks really yeah. pleased to be touching everyone else. Um, does yeah. that make sense? I mean, yeah. I think that's how you sold it to me. You said, watch sense And I was like, oh, I don't watch a lot of TV. And then you said, there's orgies. And I was like, I'm there. <laughs> and it's, the best thing. it's one of the best things I've ever watched. So, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> All right. Now we know that. Sydney, so, uh, what do you watch? Me? Yeah. Uh, I haven't been watching much um, new stuff. I was, I've been meaning to watch uh, Lisa Kudrow's comeback hmm, for really? a long time. That you guys all know I'm a f- huge Friends fan. Um, uh, Phoebe rocks, <laughs> but I only watched the pilot, so I, I will have more to say about it maybe if I watch it. I feel like you'd like Rick and Morty. The I love Rick and Morty. Oh, you do? I already recommended it on the oh, show. Okay. Yeah. I love Rick and Morty so much. The last season was so good. Um, maybe we'll talk about it sometime. Because <laughs> I could go into detail right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. You guys let us know. Tweet us. Come talk to us on Facebook. Comment. Reddit. Reddit we're all on Reddit. Um, probably I'm the most active on Reddit. Um, you guys are always fucking around on Twitter. So yeah, come talk to us. <laughs> give us Some feedback. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. All right. Maybe geek again, guys. All right. Take Bye. it easy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>